The Miami Heat missed out on Bradley Beal. What do they do now? And why Damon Lillard could hold the keys to the Heat's offseason. We're breaking that down on today's Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. However you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. The Heat's latest attempt to add a star player ended unsuccessfully on Sunday when the Wizards traded Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns. The Heat were in advanced talks with the Wizards over the last several days, but the Suns came in with an aggressive offer that included more cap savings, more draft picks, and now the Heat will have to turn their attention to Damian Lillard. We're going to get into the Lillard stuff in a minute. Kind of a quick show today. I'll be joined by David Ramil and the Athletics NBA insider Sam Amick later on to talk more about what's next for the Miami Heat. But to recap just what went down with Bradley Beal, I've got three just sort of observations. So, number one, why did Miami get outbid? All right, so what was the Heat's offer? What was the Suns' offer? The Heat were offering Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson. That's all we know for sure. We don't know if there was any draft picks included. We don't know if somebody like Nikola Jovic or Haywood Highsmith were included. Um, we don't know if they were trying to get uh, Victor Oladipo added on into that deal to try to get off of his salary. All we know is that it was Lowry and his expiring contract and Duncan Robinson um, in that deal. Again, don't know if there's any picks involved in that either. The Wizards ended up getting from Phoenix Chris Paul's expiring contract, which they could waive and save a little bit even more money on, uh, Landry Shamit's deal, and multiple six-round picks. Some people are reporting that it's like six second-round picks. There's some pick swaps in there and stuff like that. Um, so by going with the Suns deal, the Wizards are getting more cap relief, and they're getting more draft capital, right? So that's why they went in that direction. It's be, be even more specific. The Wizards are going to save somewhere between twenty-six and thirty-six million dollars by going with the Suns deal over the Miami deal, plus all the draft picks that they were trying to get there. Um, the Heat were not as aggressive as I think people thought they were going to be with this thing. All right, um, they were not aggressive because they were not in love with Bradley Beal's contract. He's got four years, more than two hundred million dollars left on that deal. Uh, when he's 33 years old, it's going to pay him like $57-plus plus million. It's just a lot of money for a team that's already projected to be into that second apron. They were always going to be nudging against or in that second apron this season, with Lowry or without Lowry, right? Um, with Beal or without Beal. Like you're basically, if you're flipping Lowry and Duncan Robinson for Bradley Beal, you're not really adding any more money to this year's cap sheet. The problem is a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, when Lowry would have otherwise been off of your cap sheet and Beal is just making more and more and more money. So that was the thing that the Heat were hung up on, okay? That's uh, according to Brian Windhorst from ESPN, who's as plugged in on this stuff as anybody else. Um, and that makes sense when you kinda, when you kind of just look at their cap sheet. I was working through the cap numbers a couple days ago, and I was like, wow, this is going to be this is gonna be hefty, man. Like, this is going to be basically you are – pushing yourself into that second luxury tax apron or close to it for basically the next three years. And 
to put yourself in that position before even filling out the rest of your roster. And maybe some of you are asking why. It's not just like paying a roster a lot of money. Like this isn't just about Mick Garrison's wallet, okay? When you're across that second apron under the new CBA, you don't get to sign players off of buyouts anymore, right? That's how the Heat got Kevin Love last season. You're not allowed to do that anymore. You're not allowed to aggregate salary in trades, right? So what the Heat were trying to do here by combining Lowry and Duncan Robinson in a move for one player, they couldn't. They can't do that anymore if they're beyond that second apron uh, when that when that part of the new CBA comes into effect two years from now. And then uh, you don't have any of the mid-level exceptions. You don't like any exceptions. You have none of it. You don't even have the taxpayer MLE for like $5 million. You get none of it, all right, if you're past that second apron. So you got to be really, really sure that you can build around right now a Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo core, um, you got to be really sure that you could find guys at minimum contracts, veterans who want to come and maybe chase a ring. Like you got to make sure that you are legitimately up there for title contention. And I don't think the Heat saw this Beal thing as getting there. Now, maybe it was a first part of multi-parts in an offseason. I want to touch on that uh, a little bit later. But in terms of what they were willing to give up for a Bradley Beal trade versus what Phoenix ultimately gave up, Phoenix has Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and they looked at Bradley Beal, rightly or wrongly, as sort of that final piece. They got they were able to flip Chris Paul into Bradley Beal, and they said, you know what, we're going for it. And they are. And credit to Matt Ishbia, the new owner there. He got he came out and was super aggressive in a way that Miami just wasn't. Miami was shied away by the Beal money for a couple different reasons. I think just the value of the money was a lot, and I think obviously the uh, the team building aspect of it was a little bit too restrictive for them um, in order to make an aggressive move. That that doesn't mean that they pulled out of the Bradley Beal talks, but it just sounds like they basically said, hey, for Lowry and Duncan, we'll do it. Because we can get off Lowry's contract now. We can get off Duncan, Duncan Robinson's long-term salary. That makes the Beal thing a little bit less harsh for us, the contract, I mean. He's a really good player. We think he can help us. Uh, but we're not going to be willing to give up a bunch of draft assets and other things that we feel like we're going to need in order to build out the rest of the roster. They were not willing to go there. The Suns were. Ishbia got really hyper-aggressive on the Kevin Durant stuff, ended up throwing Cam Johnson, Mikal Bridges, all the picks. He said, hey, just go get it done. And it sounds like he did the same thing here for Bradley Beal. Also worth noting, Bradley Beal would have come to Miami. He had the no-trade clause. He did not direct his way to any one team. He basically said, hey, Phoenix would be fine. Miami would be fine. There was some uh, reporting that Milwaukee was also involved. But between Phoenix and Milwaukee, Bradley Beal would have been okay with any one of those uh, destinations, but ultimately left it up to the Wizards front office to get the best deal that they thought. And uh, that ended up being the one from Phoenix. Beal is on the Suns. The Heat are left looking for a new star score. Today's episode of Locked on Eat is brought to you by Ibotta. Groceries, school shopping, and getting a little something for yourself, you know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on either hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year 
in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight that you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to do, or the fancy dinner that you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. You can earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta, or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. That's the way to battle inflation. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or use on gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register, just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, and use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store, and use the code LOCKED. Observation number two. The Heat want a star score, but they aren't desperate, okay? So they didn't want Bradley Beal's long-term money. Uh, they would have taken it at a cost of Larry and Duncan Robinson, but wouldn't didn't feel ready to first of all we're never including Tyler Hero in that trade that just was a non-starter for them that wasn't going to be and by the way based on what they ended up getting from Phoenix for Bradley Beal they were never going to need to put Tyler Hero in that trade right like nobody was negotiating at that level of compensation so they weren't willing to go that far the other part of this too is if Phoenix is offering like pick swaps and and if they ended up trading four, five, six second round picks whatever it ends up being we still haven't gotten the exact details on this as of 10 a.m. Monday morning. Um, Miami only has like two second round picks available to trade. Now they do have first round picks more than Phoenix has, but when I'm talking about they weren't desperate, they, I don't know that they included any first round picks. Cause you would have thought, right? Like one first round pick probably is better than four second round picks or whatever it is. Like, I don't know that there's a draft value table like that, but I would imagine I would rather have the first round pick than second round pick. Second round picks are it's fun to kind of grease the wheels on trades, but they're kind of worthless in terms of actually selecting players. Unless you think that you're, unless you're just like, I guess, crossing your fingers and hoping to get the next Nikola Jokic. But yeah, you would have thought like Miami could have probably gotten there if they just included one, maybe two first round picks and they just weren't willing to go there. So there's some, obviously, uh, some, some cautiousness from Miami in terms of the Beal contract and taking that on. But they also weren't desperate in order to get, Bradley Beal. It did show that they were willing to take him at the right price. So had Washington said, hey, yeah, you know what? Lowry and Duncan Robinson, that works for us. Call into the league office. The Heat offered that. So by virtue of them offering it, they would have been okay with doing that deal. So they weren't completely against getting Bradley Beal, right? It wasn't off the table, but they just wanted to make sure that they were going to get it for the right price. So now we know what the Heat are looking for. And that's my big takeaway here. We know what the Heat are looking for. They're looking for an all-star scorer. They're looking for a guy who can go get buckets. They're looking for a guy who can be maybe the number one scoring option on a team with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, right? So it doesn't mean it has to be the number one option. It doesn't have to be the, the new alpha in the locker room. I think that's going to be Jimmy Butler regardless of what happens. But they're looking for a guy to basically take the most shots. And Bradley Beal would have been that guy. I I also think it says that they don't think that Bradley Beal would have been enough. That's why ultimately they did not include the draft capital or anything more 
in a deal to compete with what Phoenix was offering. If they thought Bradley Beal was good enough to take them over the top, they would have offered all of that stuff. But they clearly did not believe Bradley Beal to be that guy. And so they were going to hold on to other assets because they were going to plan, if they got Bradley Beal, a subsequent move. Another move to land another player to either fill out the roster at power forward, another scorer, Damian Lillard, like whatever else that second thing was, there was a recognition on Miami's part that, hey, we need to hold on to as many assets as we can in order to make that other move. So the Bradley Beal thing to me was an option. It was on the table for Miami, but they weren't desperate because they didn't think that Bradley Beal was going to be good enough to get them over the hump in a way that they needed in a trade like this. We have been talking for a week now that even if the Heat were trying to get Bradley Beal, I never thought that that was the only move that they were going to try to make. I always thought two guys. I thought they were going to try to go get two guys, and I really thought it might be Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal. And I still think that that probably was the case. I think that they were happy to take Beal and then use all this other stuff, Tyler Hero, draft picks, whatever else, other salaries, to go out and get Damian Lillard also. I think they would have been happy with that being their backcourt next year, Beal and Damian Lillard. But they couldn't include all that stuff for Bradley Beal. Phoenix came out with an aggressive offer. Like, honestly, I know it's just second-round picks, and I just said that they were worthless, but that's a lot. Like, the Suns do not control their draft for the next seven years, basically. They have been so aggressive in getting Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal that it better work out. And I don't know that it's gonna, because the Nuggets are really good, and I don't know that Phoenix, even with this Beal trade, are the favorites in the Western Conference. The Heat were not willing to go that far for Bradley Beal. So they wanted Beal... Kind of. They wanted Beal. They wanted Beal. But they did not believe that Bradley Beal alone on the Miami Heat, adding Bradley Beal alone, was going to be enough to put them over the top. My third takeaway here. Damian Lillard is the best remaining option and always was. The Heat are still waiting on what's going to happen with Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. No indications yet that Damian Lillard has asked Portland for a trade. No indications yet that Portland is fielding offers the way that Washington was listening to offers for Bradley Beal. Everything that Portland is trying to do right now is geared towards retooling around Damian Lillard. The draft is on Thursday night. The Portland Trailblazers have the third pick in the draft. They could go get Brandon Miller. They can go get Scoot Henderson, whoever's left at three. There's also a lot of talk that New Orleans or other teams could be trying to move up to number three to grab one of those guys. Does Portland move the number three pick for veteran help right now who can help Damian Lillard win right now we know Damian Lillard wants to win right now he is not interested in a rebuild he's not interested in all of that stuff um I do wonder if the Portland Trailblazers would be able to basically take advantage of Dame's loyalty and say hey we're gonna take Scoot at number three or whoever it ends up being we're gonna go ahead and take Scoot at number three we think he can help right now we're gonna bring back Jeremy Grant we're gonna make another move here and there maybe trade in for any Simons I don't know whatever let's go sign some other players and we think that this team is good enough to get into the playoffs, maybe they could sell Damian Lillard on that. Sean Hyken, uh, who cover, does a really good job covering the Portland Trailblazers uh, for, for Rose Garden Report, uh, his newsletter, uh, basically outlined this really well, saying, hey, just because they use the third pick on a rookie doesn't mean they have to then trade Damian Lillard. There might be a middle ground there. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think all the eyes should be on Portland on Thursday night and in and around the draft as we come up to the draft Thursday night. If they move that third pick for veteran help, that does not bode well for Miami. It means that they are trying to pacify Damian Lillard and rebuild around Damian Lillard right now. So if they if they trade that third pick for veteran help, 
they're not trading Damian Lillard. But if they do use that third pick, and in the coming days, Damian Lillard, his, his trade restriction is lifted on July 9th. If they use that third overall pick and Lillard looks around and maybe we have a few days of the offseason, free agency, and Portland does not improve their team enough, maybe then him and Portland decide it might be best to part ways. Because the other part of this, too, is if Portland gets a great guy like Scoot Henderson at number three and they've already got Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons and all these guys, they might look around and be like, hey, we could realistically trade Damon Lillard for maybe like a Rudy Gobert type of return, a Kevin Durant type of return, and really set ourselves up nicely to rebuild around Scoot and Sharp. Right, and so they might look at it and say, maybe we should trade Damian Lillard, and it wouldn't even need, it wouldn't even require Damian to ask for a trade, right? So there's a lot of different ways that this can work out, but for Miami, their hopes now are on Damian Lillard, right? Because he is the best guy who could become available realistically. Um, well, James Harden could be a free agent. Fred VanVleet is a free agent. Kyrie Irving's a free agent. The Heat can't realistically go out and get those guys, something I'm going to touch upon when we get into our mailbag here in a second. But um, Damian Lillard, he kind of holds the keys to Miami's offseason. If he looks around and asks for a trade, he knows that the Heat are interested. He knows that the Heat desperately want him in a way that I don't think they desperately wanted Bradley Beal. If Damian Lillard becomes available, I expect the Miami Heat to go all in on trying to get him. Today's episode of Locked On Heat is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to six players, and if they're going to score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NFL, PGA, college sports, MMA, and so much more. Entries could be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, and PrizePix offers safe and fast withdrawals. It's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. So if you deposit $100, PrizePix is going to give you $100 to play with. If you deposit $50, PrizePix is going to give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, let's do some mailbag questions. You guys sent them in uh, on Twitter. Thanks to everybody who did send them in. This first one comes from Kevin, who writes in Who's to blame for the Heat mishandling the Beal trade? Blame Pi, perhaps? I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to do Blame Pi. I'm not even going to really do Blame necessarily because I look I under I get it's frustrating if you're a Heat fan and you were thinking about Bradley Beal look I talked myself into Bradley Beal I for the record thought he would be a great fit in Miami the contract notwithstanding I actually thought the backcourt of him and Tyler Hero if all you could get was Bradley Beal and you were never able to go get Damian Lillard or some other front court piece that made sense in terms of what you would try to get back for somebody like is good and young on a good contract as Tyler Hero, I actually thought that the Heat were ready to go into the season with Beal and Tyler Hero as their starting backcourt, and I kind of liked it. I thought it would work, right? You don't need a traditional point guard if you're moving Kyle Lowry for Bradley Beal. Beal is a good playmaker, averages five or six assists per season over the last few years of his career. Uh, Tyler Hero is obviously getting better as a passer playmaker, running pick and roll. You've also obviously got Jimmy Butler. You might be running your offense through Bam Adebayo next season anyway. So I actually like the idea of just adding scoring. And I didn't really care about the defensive concerns because I think 
both Beal and Hero could be better defensively. You've got Jimmy and Bam. And if I'm giving up a little and, – and, yeah, if I'm giving up a little bit defensively to reach a higher ceiling offensively, and I know that Eric Spolster can get creative in finding ways to create elite defense out of okay subpar defenders. I mean, you just did it with Struess and a small Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson playing zone, all this stuff. Like, Spo has answers. Uh, he can get creative. I don't know. I was I was prepared for that to be the backcourt, but the Heat offered what they offered. I thought they offered just enough. I don't think that they were willing to overpay. They did not overpay. I you could argue that Phoenix did overpay, and because they did, Beal is playing in Phoenix instead of playing in Miami. The Heat could have gotten Bradley Beal by offering exactly what it is that they offered: Lowry and Duncan. And whatever else was included, if anything else was included, draft compensation, whatever it might be, two second round picks, whatever. They could have gotten Beal for that had Matt Ishbia not come down and basically said, hey, let's go get Bradley Beal off from all the picks, whatever it takes, go get him. Right? There's a world where the Heat offer exactly what it is that they offered and Bradley Beal is playing in Miami next season. So I'm not going to go ahead and blame anybody. I think this is the right decision. I do wonder how much maybe Mickey Arison was involved. I'm not reporting anything. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm wondering out loud. Was he a little cautious? I don't think so. Just because if they were willing to trade for Beal in the first place, like Mickey Arison's job isn't to talk about what, how much draft compensation or what else are we going to give up. He's just sort of looking at the, the bottom line, the payroll. Um, again, Windhorst reporting Monday morning that Miami just really wasn't as aggressive. And part of it was because of that contract. But if they did indeed offer... Larry and Duncan, then there was some willingness to take that contract on, depending on what the price was going out. So, um, yeah, I'm not willing to go blame. I just think that, if anything, blame Matt Ishbia, blame the Phoenix Suns for coming out and just and overpaying for, for Bradley Beal, I guess, if you really need to blame, blame somebody. Uh, this question comes from Carlos. What do you think the percent chance is that we run it back? I'm not sure how much longer Jimmy Buckets can keep activating playoff Hemi without breaking down by the end. The last two years have shown that we need to go get a scorer that isn't such a liability on defense like Hero. Um, the percent chance that we run it back. I Run it back meaning without a star or run it back meaning like same roster? Because I there's a good chance that Miami makes a move to go get front court help, to go like add a substantial piece into this rotation. I think that that is... A pretty good chance. I also don't think that there's, in terms of running it back, I don't think that there's a world where they can bring back Kyle Lowry and Gabe Vincent. I don't think that they can bring back Duncan Robinson and Max Struess because now you're paying $40 million to Lowry and Gabe Vincent uh, combined. I think both of them are good players, but I don't think you could spend $40 million on the point guard position and not be elite at that position, and they wouldn't be. Max Struess and Duncan Robinson, the redundant skill sets, can't really play them together. Do you really want to play pay Max Struess $10 million and uh, you know, combined $30 million to Duncan Robinson and Max Drews. I don't think you do. So I don't think that they can bring all those guys back. Um, so I actually think there's kind of a 0% chance that it's run it back. But again, it depends on what you're thinking. If you think run it back also means kind of keeping these uh, a few of these undrafted guys, not really adding a star player. Yeah, there, there's a good chance that Miami doesn't add a star player if that player just isn't available, right? Like they can't force that to be a thing. Um, there was questions about uh, Kyrie here. This one, uh, the Suns will possibly go deep uh, past the second apron to go big or go home. Should the Heat sign and trade for Kyrie Irving, giving him all his money and go uh, 
Balls to the wall. Past the second apron as well to build a championship team is running it back even an option. Talked about running it back already. In terms of Kyrie Irving, I'm going to lump James Harden into this too. Fred Van Vliet. Like, whoever you think is a free agent. Brooke Lopez. Like, guys like this. Really hard for Miami to get any of these guys because it would require a sign and trade. Miami, without filling out its roster, is already at $176 million committed to nine, eight or nine guys. If you sign and trade for a player and bring that player in, that activates what is called the hard cap. The hard cap this year is at $169 million. Okay, So the Heat are already above what the hard cap would be without bringing that player in, right? Not giving Kyrie or Harden or anybody like that all that money, which would push that even more. Even if you sign and traded Lowry away, guys like Kyrie or Harden would make more than Lowry do. So that would nudge up your total payroll. Plus, you'd have to fill out the roster. So it would be almost impossible unless you salary dump like a Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson or Victor Oladipo. Unless you're salary dumping those guys to another team and getting way below that hard cap. So it's not impossible, but it's improbable. And it's a lot of cap gymnastics to bring in a guy like Kyrie Irving, who I don't think the Heat are that motivated to bring in in the first place. Because all the questions that come with Kyrie Irving, it's, it's been half a decade since things have gone smoothly for a Kyrie Irving team. And I don't think that the Heat are that motivated to recruit that problem into their organization, right? In terms of what is Kyrie going to do next? Can we rely on this guy? I don't think that the Heat want to do that, especially if this is going to be their all-in move. Because if it goes the other way, we've seen how that works for other teams that have been involved in the Kyrie Irving business in the past. Look at what happened with Brooklyn. They went all-in on Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And even having KD at arguably the peak of his powers or something close to it, wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Kyrie is always going to do something. He's also injury prone, right? So whatever you think of about his off-the-court stuff, whatever it is, the guy just isn't available for his team a lot. And I don't know that that's the kind of player that the Heat are trying to bring in necessarily. Um, ditto for a guy like James Harden, the health concerns, everything there. I don't know that that's where they want to go. Fred Van Vliet is a good point guard. I don't know that he's the scorer that the Heat need. You know, you're looking at guys like Beal and Lillard. Van Vliet's a good player, but just a different kind of player. I don't think that that's where they want to go. So in terms of signing trades, I just don't really see that being on the table. Even for a smaller contract, like you're not going to go out and pay Brooke Lopez, for instance, the max. But even if you were going to go out and get him and, and try to sign and trade him for $15 million a season or whatever it is, that still activates the hard cap at $169 million. And so the Heat would still have to deal with some of the same cap difficulties at uh, bringing a guy like Brooke Lopez in for $15 million a year versus a guy like Kyrie or James Harden in at the max. You're still having to kind of get below that hard cap. Uh, it's a little bit easier if you're bringing in a smaller salary as opposed to a max salary, but it's still a lot to go through for a guy who's not a superstar, right? Like you're going to strip your team uh, for a guy who's not a superstar and probably isn't the final piece of a puzzle, right? Because also it's hard to make another move after that to go get that final piece, right? So the sign-and-trade route, I just don't see it as viable or realistic um, for Miami. Uh, let's talk about uh, Steve's question. Assuming somehow we do land Damian Lillard, what other options do we have at getting bigger in the front court? Is there any chance we could also go after somebody like Christophs Porzingis? I think this is where the Lowry expiring contract comes into play. Like, if you go out and get Damian Lillard, I'm assuming it's going to have to cost you Tyler Hero, his $27 million salary, add a Duncan Robinson to that or some other kind of contract. Now you're getting up to Damian money. You still have Victor Oladipo's expiring. You still have um, 
the Duncan Robinson contract, Duncan, uh, or, or I'm sorry, you still have the Kyle Lowry's expiring contract. Those guys could have value. We just saw what the Lakers did with Russell Westbrook, a not wanted player, a guy that Utah ultimately bought out. But just having that big, chunky, expiring salary, there's not a lot of guys making $30 million the way that Lowry is on an expiring contract. So if there's another team trying to get off of long-term money, that's when that becomes valuable. So a guy like John Collins, that becomes, that could be a possibility. Kristaps Porzingis, maybe not, just because either he opts in and he's and he's not expiring then, or he opts out and Washington probably just doesn't bring him back. And like we just covered, sign and trade, probably not an option for KP. So I don't think the Porzingis thing is on the table necessarily. But um, yeah, I think a front court player using that Lowry contract or even the Duncan Robinson contract, who's not expiring but rehabbed his trade value, if, you're, if there's a team looking to trade front court depth for some shooting on the perimeter, um, that could be an option too. So I think that there are options. But number one, you got to go out and get Damian Lillard and then sort of figure out the rest after that. Uh, Addy Jones writes in, so let's say our dreams come true and we do get Dame. Can we still have enough to sign a four, a power forward, like Jeremy Grant, Kyle Kuzma, or Cam Johnson? Uh, no, probably not. Um, you're going to be over the cap. That doesn't have, uh, and they're not going to have enough uh, room to go get those guys. And we covered the sign and trade part of it. Um, Leon writes in, what are the most realistic moves the Heat can make to improve their roster this offseason after missing out on Beal and no guarantee to get Damian Lillard? This is where you start looking at other options. Zion Williamson's name has been uh, in trade chatter. The Pelicans are trying to move up in the draft. The Heat can't really offer him that, so I don't think Zion necessarily is an answer there. Brandon Ingram ditto. I don't think that they're motivated to get off of Brandon Ingram in a meaningful way that Miami can, can get there. Um, I would look at a guy like Pascal Siakam in Toronto. I think that's a borderline all-NBA player, a guy who could come in, be a big-time scorer for you, defends really well, adds size, shooting to the perimeter, be a long-term answer there at power forward. He's, what, 28, 29 years old? He's in that window of Jimmy Butler. That's a legit big three, I think, with Jimmy, Bam, and Siakam. Can Siakam be the number one scorer in a way that Beal or Damian Lillard can? Probably not. I think Siakam would like to be that guy. I just wouldn't put him there. He's not spacing the floor the way like a Damian Lillard would. But if we're talking about, like, beyond the Dame and Beal options, which were obviously the priorities, yeah, maybe a guy like Siakam makes some sense. I'm trying to think about other guys. Like, there's been some rumblings that Zach Levine could be out of Chicago. You're still dealing with some of the the contract issues that you were dealing with with Bradley Beal, but Levine is younger. He's a lights-out, knockdown three-point shooter. Beyond these options that we're talking about, like, could Levine be an option? The Heat could, I could see the Heat circling the wagon on that. I could see them doing that. So, um, all right. That is going to be it for this episode of Locked on Heat, um, covering uh, the Bradley Beal stuff. What happens next? Uh, can they go out and get Damian Lillard? We have so much to cover here this week. We have uh, our draft expert coming on tomorrow, talking about options at number 18, which seems more likely now that the Beal thing is done. Could the Heat end up taking somebody at 18? Or. Are they able to go all in and acquire Damian Lillard on draft night? We're going to talk about that with Sam Amick, the NBA insider from The Athletic, later today on Monday. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, we are still here every day throughout the offseason talking about the draft, free agency, trades, and more. So subscribe for all the latest on the Miami Heat. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast app.